everyone. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know about our venue consulting. We have broken up our offerings into four distinct needs, design, sales and client experience, marketing, and those all important SOPs. You can take advantage of one or all of these tricky spots for your venue. If you want to learn more and get a few more details, head on over to hustleandgather.com to see how we can work together and reach your venue goals. All right, let's get to today's show. I knew that there was going to be a, a chapter of my life after basketball. And I mm-hmm. think that I've done a great job over the last mm-hmm. several years of really trying to think about some of those things. What do I take from basketball that can help me be successful off the court? Welcome to Hustle & Gather, a podcast about inspiring the everyday entrepreneur to take the leap. I'm Dana. And I'm Courtney. And we are two sisters who have started multiple businesses together. And yes, it is as messy as you think, because we know that starting a business isn't easy. I mean, we've done it four times. And on this show, we talk about the ups and downs of the hustle and the reward at the end of the journey. We love helping small businesses succeed. Whether it's through our venue consulting, speaking, or team training, we love to motivate others to take that really big leap. Or you could just use our misadventures to normalize the crazy that is being an entrepreneur because every entrepreneur makes mistakes. But we like to call those unsuccessful attempts around here. And we know it's just part of the process. And today we're learning from Marcus Gignard. Marcus is a highly motivated, ambitious, charismatic professional determined to build a lasting legacy of success and service. He is a UNC basketball alum and has made his way around the world playing professional basketball overseas for the last 10 years. He is empowered by making meaningful connections and strengthening local communities. He hopes to inspire, uplift, and empower someone every day of his life. Marcus, welcome to Hustle and Gather. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah, it's quite the intro. That is quite the intro. Very nice. Thank you very much. (laughs) I appreciate that. Well, we'd love to hear a little bit about your background, like where you're from, the college days at UNC, and, you know, how impactful it was being coached by a legend. Yeah. Well, I uh, grew up just outside of the Washington, D.C. area in Alexandria, Virginia. Many folks have heard and seen and know about, remember the Titans. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. T.C. Williams High School was my local high school. Oh, did not attend T.C. Williams, but just to give everybody an idea of, you know, mm-hmm. kind of where that is and mm-hmm. what was going on in Alexandria. Yeah, I was a very successful high school basketball player. Was was very grateful and lucky to be coached by the son of a Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. uh, Morgan Wooten, who most high school basketball fans w- would know. His son, Joe Wooten, was my coach in high school mm-hmm. and uh, was lucky enough to have a very successful, you know, run at it in, in high school and was highly recruited out of high school and, and got to play at my dream school at the University of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. what originally got me down here to the southern part of, of Blue Heaven, as <laughs> I like to say. Yeah, I had a phenomenal five years mm-hmm. here in, in North Carolina. I was lucky to take that victory lap. So I had a great <laughs> experience with school, had a, a great experience with basketball, obviously playing at a super high level, won a national championship in 2009, but had a very interesting road up to that point mm-hmm. to, to get to the national championship. And I'm sure we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit, you know, as we get going through this, but um, was super amazing to mm-hmm. be coached by a legendary coach mm-hmm. and, and coach Williams and mm-hmm. just all the lessons that he was able to teach us as players and as young men, um, somebody that I still lean on to this day and still a very, very big influence in mm-hmm. my life and, and the lives of, of all the people who played at Carolina and even just <laughs> Carolina fans, you know, so yeah. it's a, it's pretty special mm-hmm. to, to have been a part of a, a great high school organization, to have been a part of a great university and, and a great basketball program and, and family. Mm-hmm. We always talk about the Carolina family. So I've been very, very lucky in you know my basketball experiences both here and overseas. 
I don't think I ever understood the magnitude of winning the NCAA until I started dating my husband and his obsession, which by the way, the year that I, he, in 20, when I turned 21, the year that UNC won, it was my 21st birthday and we were dating. So you had a good time. And that's how I knew he really loved me. (laughs) (laughs) He went out to dinner with me and didn't, and he was, we had to go somewhere there was a TV, but he still acquiesced. I didn't have to be home watching the game. I was Mm -hmm. like, there you go. Yeah. 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 So nice. (laughs) Yeah. But all I say is that it's such an accomplishment. I don't think I realized like how, like, I didn't think I always knew that college sports had definitely was like a certain level, but I didn't realize how very few times people win that championship. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of schools out there that have never even been close, you know? know. And so um, it makes it even more um, amazing, really, in my opinion, to to walk into the Smith Center Mm -hmm. and and see how many times we've been able to get to that point. It's a very special feeling, and there's a lot of a lot of work that goes well, into that. Well, I didn't that. think much about it, like, then, because in early 20s. And we went to an all-girls school, and there obviously isn't a huge, you know, collegiate program. We had a great that. basketball team. But whatever. It wasn't <laughs> the big thing. But watching it now, like, just this past mm-hmm. year watching it, and, mm-hmm. like, just, like, feeling all of the emotions about it. Oh, and yeah. We're not even in the middle of it. But as an adult or as someone who's worked really hard for something to grow something to like Mm -hmm. get to those like pinnacle moments Mm -hmm. I don't know it kind of has more meaning now I feel like than it Mm -hmm. did even then absolutely you know yeah I get that yeah Yeah. so like the big build up and then yeah I don't know you're gonna make it you're not gonna make it it feels like there's a lot riding on those there is you know there definitely is there definitely is and for you know some some young men and and women out there that are competing at that stage Mm -hmm. at that level you're right there's a lot Mm -hmm. on the line and I think you learn from a very young age one of the things I love about sports to your point, you learn about all the work that goes into it and mm. will it pan out? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe yeah. not. And if it doesn't, mm-hmm. how do you rebound from that? How do you yeah. continue on? How, you know, how do you use that as as fuel to continue? And I mean, there's just so many great lessons that we learn from sports. And- well, I always feel like for me, it's like I don't necessarily believe in luck, but I believe in being ready to take those opportunities. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So like you've worked it's not luck that you got there. Although some, there's always a lucky break here and yeah. there for sure. But it's like you get to the point and you're ready to capitalize on right. the opportunity given to you. And I kind mm-hmm. of see sports as a big metaphor for that. Absolutely. You know? It takes a lot of work yeah. to be lucky. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. To, <laughs> to, to make be, those things to that be make you lucky. in a place where something sure. can go sure. your right, way. Right, right. Absolutely. Obviously, you loved it because you decided to do basketball professionally, like as a career. So I'll talk a little bit about that process. After I finished at Carolina 2010, Thought about, you know, trying to make a play for the NBA and was able to work out for the Charlotte Bobcats at the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. What are they now? Hornets. Hornets, that's right. Okay. I remember the night that the coaching staff came to my hotel room in Orlando. We were in Orlando before the Summer League, before the NBA Summer League, which is going on right now. Mm-hmm. And they came to my door and they were like, you know, we're not going to be able to keep you on the Summer League roster. We got an XYZ player that we just drafted and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. I said, no problem. I completely understood. I didn't think that I had a chance to make it on that roster anyway, specifically that roster. I mean, I saw all the guards that they had on, mm-hmm. on the roster already. And it was that same night that my agent called and said, hey, we got an offer for you in Germany. Mm-hmm. And I remember that phone call very vividly. I just said, okay, let's try to get the most money that we can, and mm-hmm. I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. really didn't think much about it. And that was just kind of the first step that, that led to an 11-year career in Europe. Wow. Um, so I played in, in eight different countries for 13 different teams, really just kind of wow. bounced all over, but but really had a phenomenal experience. One, as a professional athlete, mm-hmm. but two, just as a, a world traveler. Yeah. I was able to travel to 
somewhere between 35 to, to 40 countries while I was playing and living in Europe over the last decade plus. And so just an experience mm-hmm. that is kind of, I mean, extremely unique mm-hmm. and something that was very unexpected, mm-hmm. but at the same time, just very, very grateful to have experienced that side of of the possibilities, right? There's so mm-hmm. many possibilities. You know, do you make it to the NBA? Do you mm-hmm. play in the in the development league or now mm-hmm. the G League of the NBA? And do you go to Europe? Do you go to South America? Do you? I mean, there's so many places to to continue. Or do you just become a coach or a train? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like so many ways that basketball could have turned out for mm-hmm. me. And so I'm very grateful and thankful that it turned out the way they did. Yeah. Did you always know that basketball was your path or did you go into even school and major in something thinking, okay, well, this basketball just could be a fun, hard four or five years? Right. No, I knew it was going to be something that I was yeah. going to try to do mm-hmm. after school. I actually remember I was with my brother last night and I hate to put him out here like this, but <laughs> I remember my, my brother went to college to play basketball mm-hmm. and after his first year of playing at Pace University up in New York City, mm-hmm. He decided he didn't want to play basketball anymore. Mm-hmm. And now this was after hundreds and hundreds of AAU tournaments mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. basketball camps and traveling all over the country for tournaments right. and, and things like that. And I just remember my mom not being super thrilled about <laughs> it. You know, just and again, you know, we, we were all in whatever place we were in at that time, but I could understand her frustration mm-hmm. and you know, just kind of there's so much that goes into getting to that level Mm -hmm. and so I remember she looked at me I think I was 12 or 13 years old and she was like you need to make a decision (laughs) now now. right now (laughs) whether you're going to be you know this is something that you're going to be serious about now if you want to play high school basketball and try to get a scholarship Mm -hmm. great but just to be very intentional in our minds about how we're going to be spending our time and energy and for her her money moving forward you know Mm -hmm. going all over the place for all these Mm -hmm. things you know and training and all the things so I remember from about 12 or 13 years old, I knew for sure that I wanted to do this professionally. Yeah, yeah I agree. So my daughter plays basketball and she's in sixth grade. Okay. So she, and I think in the years that she would have really, really kind of latched on was COVID. So they didn't have it and whatnot. And and I I bribed her to try out for the, the middle school team. I was like, I'll pay you $20 just to try out. <laughs> like, because I knew she would like it. She was right. just convinced she wouldn't, you know, she's 12, whatever. And she did, and she made the team, and it wasn't a huge accomplishment. We're in a, a small school, so everyone who tried out made the team. But she really loved it, and she really kind of latched onto it. And so we decided to put her in AAU just to kind of get her more game experience. Yeah. And AAU is, like, full of scrappy people. I mean, oh, yeah. it is oh, yeah. <laughs> it is intense. <laughs> um, but it is expensive. And even putting her on that team, we realized she was not up to snuff. And so we started getting her like one-on-one training, just trying to get her there. Cause I didn't play basketball, okay. although I probably should have because of my height, but I did not play basketball. So I couldn't tell her if her form was great or right. terrible. I just right. knew that you weren't making it into the basket. I couldn't <laughs> tell you why. It's not successful. Yeah. But it, I, I could totally see how as a parent, and it's not even just finances, but it is time. I mean, it's Saturday, 8 a.m. and you're not getting home till 10 p.m. Yeah. And then all that, like, it's just, is so overwhelming to see that die. But no pressure to, at 12, honestly. I know, there right. is a lot of pressure. <laughs> I know, like, commit now. Right now. Yeah, yeah it's tough. Yeah, but, but was, did uh, your brother ever regret it? I don't think so. Yeah, he That's just knew question. that it was, mm-hmm. he just, did he just, he just knew that it was just not. Yeah, he knew it he wasn't wanted. for him. And, yeah. I, and I, I got to take my hat off to my brother. Yeah. He's always been somebody that's really done what he wants to do. That's you know? great. And yeah. Whenever that yeah. 
that switch flipped for yeah. him, you know, when he knew that it was time to, to do something else and put his energy somewhere else, mm -hmm. he did, you know. And so I, I feel like he never really mm -hmm. spent any or not too much time doing mm -hmm. something he didn't want to do, which mm -hmm. I, I think is a, a great list, lesson to learn. Yeah. yeah. As a younger brother to, to, to see your older brother I say, agree. you know what, it's time to pivot. It's time to do yeah. something else. So um, I don't think he regretted it. He stayed in basketball for a little bit, um, mm -hmm. start, became a coach, and now he's still helping other people and, oh. and has been a big influence on the youth. So I, I think it all yeah. kind of works out yeah. for the right reasons. So I'm curious. Um, I haven't really talked to anybody that has been super successful in sports. Like I'm assuming you had a winning high school career. Yep. You had a winning mm -hmm. college career, winning professional career. Somewhat. Somewhat. Yeah. Somewhat. Somewhat. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> how do you go from, to me, because I feel like that is such a long period of time of being a winner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. being either the best or always, you know, just being a winner and then coming back to what I would call real life almost. Mm -hmm. Like how did you transition that to get back and say like, okay, you're you're done with this and you want to move on to, on to the next thing. And was there like a time when it was just kind of like, I don't know. I can imagine this would invoke all sorts of identity crises. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Crises. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'm so glad you asked that question mm -hmm. because yeah. what a perfect time for that. Yeah. I am literally right in the middle of that. Yeah. Okay. Today. Okay. You know, okay. Today. Yeah. It is a whirlwind of emotions mm -hmm. and yeah, rearranging my mind mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. even my body. And I mean, so many things mm -hmm. are, are happening in this transition from professional athletics to now, as you said, mm -hmm. real life. <laughs> and as crazy and cliche as that sounds, mm -hmm. it's now been a year since I've played my last professional game. Okay. And it certainly does feel like a professional athlete is a fairy tale. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not real. Because real life is not a fairy tale. <laughs> not I will agree with that. <laughs> Yes, it's a very difficult, difficult mm -hmm. transition. To your point, basketball has been such an important part of my mm -hmm. life and really kind of at the forefront of my life for 30, 31 of my 35 years mm -hmm. on this earth. So yeah. trying to mm -hmm. move that to the side and allow something else to mm -hmm. take up more space and more energy in my mind. It's a tough transition for sure, mm -hmm. but it's it's an exciting one. And I know that these moments of pain and discomfort are all about the the growth and transformation, right? Mm -hmm. We're not going to be the same person our entire lives. We're going to shed old things <laughs> and, and and gain new things and, mm -hmm. and gain new experiences and, you know, leave things behind that, that, that don't serve us anymore. And it's okay for things to have served us for a time yeah. and then let go of them. And, you know, there ha doesn't have to be any hard feelings about that. And, and I'm not ready to to leave basketball behind per se, but you know, it's certainly taking a, a different form mm -hmm. in my life right now. So it's challenging. It's challenging yeah. to, to come from a, you know, a background of winning like that and, and to, to start a new career where you're not winning right away. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's something that's yeah. very Most difficult. Most people don't win right away in right. new careers. And nor did I've I win had... right away in basketball, right? Yeah. You know, I know, but it, I, it I think it's, I, and I've had this conversation, Ada, my daughter, many, many times, because she is athletic. She's taller for her age, but she is like, just like, I don't know, we call her the giraffe. Like she's, she's like just, a baby giraffe. <laughs> I was about to say that. She's like, just 
She gallops, you know, and she cares so much. Like she is a perfectionist and whatnot, but I've, we've talked to her on many occasions. Like you can't just rest on the fact of like your body, like of how you were born and what was given to you. Like there's actual, like you're going to hit a point when that's not going to be good enough. Right. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I played travel softball okay. and I wish someone told me, cause I, I say now as, as an adult that I hit my peak when I was 16 and that was it. And I wasn't meant to continue on to play like real competitive, like softball. I right. loved it. It was super fun. It was a very formative to my life. It taught me a ton of things, but you know, and I, I said, if you want to get past that, what you call like quote unquote, the peak, you have got to put in the time, energy, effort every single day. Like every single, you need to basically have basketball in your hand every single day. Cause mm-hmm. you're not going to get to these levels that you think you're going to get to by just resting on I don't know, your DNA right. at the you're, end of the day. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And that's, again, what a great lesson to be learned about all aspects of our mm-hmm. lives, right? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. There's nothing that's just going to happen to us. Right. You know, we really have to be out there and putting time and energy yeah. into things that we want to see happen. Yeah. But I think it's hard when you're but- moving against what what you're so good at and you're like, okay, now I have to find a new skill and maybe, maybe basketball always came easily, not, you know, to because obviously you're very tall. You're very, <laughs> very tall. I can't tell that in this podcast, but no. he's very tall. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and it's having to kind of figure out what what are your other skills, what are the other things that you are good at. And I'm curious if there was something playing when you were playing that you said, okay, if I wasn't going to play anymore, I've learned this skill and this ability, and I would totally bring this into you know, the next phase of my life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, I'm, I make so many of these connections between sports and what we are now calling the real world. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's such a beautiful thing, and that's why I love sports. And I think, mm-hmm. according to your point about watching college basketball or college athletics mm-hmm. and at this point in your life feels a little different. I, I feel like when you get older, you start to see some of those connections much more clear. Mm. You you see the teamwork, right? Mm-hmm. You, you see oh, yeah. the the work, the work mm-hmm. ethic. Mm-hmm. To your point, mm-hmm. making sure that you're putting in the time and, and and working every day towards a goal. You have this teamwork aspect. You have this team culture aspect, mm-hmm. right? And so, how do you cultivate team culture? How do you how do you support your teammates? How do you mm-hmm. encourage your teammates? Again, this is kind of the the thing that I think about when mm-hmm. I think about inspiring mm-hmm. and empowering other people. Getting through adversity. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's going to be ups and downs in, in sports. And so dealing with losses, dealing with disappointments, how do you come back from those things? Um, leadership. Mm-hmm. I've always found myself in, in a leadership role on, on the teams that I've played for. And so being able to take some leadership qualities from athletics and, and bring that into life after basketball. Um, I mean, there's, again, so many things mm-hmm. that make you a successful athlete, mm-hmm. I think, can make you a successful person off the court as well. Mm-hmm. And so I think I've known for a very long time that, I mean, I knew I wasn't going to retire from playing basketball and never work again, you know. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I knew that there was going to be a, a, um, a chapter of my life after basketball. And I mm-hmm. think that I've done a great job over the last mm-hmm. several years of really trying to think about some of those things mm-hmm. from this question, right? Like, what do I take from basketball? that can help me be successful off the court. And for me right now, as I start a new career that I'm not very experienced in and I'm not experienced at all for that matter, um, (laughs) not super knowledgeable yet, 
those are the types of skills that I have to hang my hat on right now. Yeah. The hard work, mm-hmm. the working together with your teammates, mm-hmm. you know, those types of things, the motive, self-motivation, mm-hmm. and even dealing with adversity, right? Right, right. now is a perfect example of adversity. Right. Yeah. I want to be good, but I'm not good. Mm-hmm. I don't know everything, but I want to know everything. Mm-hmm. How do I deal with those tough moments? How do I deal with the moments where I have to say, I don't know, or mm-hmm. yeah. Sorry, I can't help you, or, you know, yeah. all those things. And they manifest in a very different way, but I think the underlying theme and, and, and you know, fundamental ideas of them are very similar. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I totally mm-hmm. think so. Mm-hmm. Even though you've obviously made like a 180, and we've done that in our mm-hmm. in our business, in our careers, and things like that as we've tried new things and had unsuccessful attempts and mm-hmm. all of what worked with that, what didn't work with that, and like we're going to take those tools and do something different, that I think that there is something – like you have a leg up. There's something fundamental about being able to work hard for something, capitalize on an opportunity, be successful just like you would on the court. That I think kind of knowing that you have the ability to do that sets you up for success in that next thing. Like mm-hmm. I can work mm-hmm. hard. I can capitalize on an mm-hmm. opportunity and I can go in and land it, you know, mm-hmm. when it is clutch. Mm-hmm. I think it's key. So I think yeah. you have like all of those like that skill and that knowledge base that you can obviously then impart on other people as well. Even though you feel like you're starting at ground zero, you're really starting at step two. Right. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But that's for me why sports is so amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it really does teach you about life, all aspects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your relationships, business. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. there's, there's something to be learned for everything, I think. Yeah. yeah. So what So what are you working on now? Let's start with the most stressful mm-hmm. new house under construction. Oh, yeah. that is stressful. stressful. We're doing that too. <laughs> but what a blessing. Yeah. Um, the new job with, with Metalist Capital here in Raleigh. Mm-hmm. Just got my North Carolina real estate broker's license mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. our company, um, working in financing of commercial real estate projects, we also just opened up an investment sales arm. So that's kind of where I'm working with uh, my company right now in a business development role, but also kind of leaning towards the investment sales team that we just started. So learning and trying to gain uh, as much experience as possible and knowledge as possible within the commercial real estate space. So that's something. Um, Also getting super involved in the community back here in North Carolina Mm -hmm. that I've been away from for so long. Mm -hmm. Getting more involved with the university and specifically with uh, the athletics department mm-hmm. um, at the university, which is very, very awesome. I'm super thrilled about that. I'm also in the very early stages of writing a book. Mm. I have written a few pages. Yeah. And I have a lot more pages to go, <laughs> but I'm super excited about mm-hmm. that possibility and, mm-hmm. and, and that coming to fruition mm-hmm. at some point here in the future. Mm-hmm. I think that's that sounds like enough. That's yeah, a good bit for what, for now. Yeah. I think. What's your book about? Like, what are you writing about? So I think that this kind of story of mine, mm-hmm. this unique experience of athletics, one my high school career, obviously the University of North mm-hmm. Carolina, and so many people love Carolina athletics and Carolina basketball, and so getting to hear a little bit more of a mm-hmm. in depth kind of personal account of of that experience and and kind of what that meant to me. And then this idea of one, yes, being a professional athlete, but two, just kind of being all over the world Mm -hmm. and and getting to travel the world and experience different cultures Mm -hmm. and and people and, and, and a whole variety of of Mm -hmm. experiences and kind of how that shaped 
me as a person and allowed me to look at life through a different lens. Yeah. And and then again, this transition that we're, you know, we've mm-hmm. talked about and what is it like to to transition not just from professional athletics to life after basketball mm-hmm. or life after sports, but but just a complete 180. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe yeah. you're a school teacher and now you're gonna be a banker or mm-hmm. what I don't know, right. you know, but just like what do those adult mm-hmm. transitions look like? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's Transitions are tough mm-hmm. when you do something for two years, but when you've done something for 30 years yeah. and now you have to pivot, you know, what, what does that look like? And so um, I just think that with all of those different things that have happened mm-hmm. and all the the ups and downs that I've experienced and, and some of the things that went very well and some of the mm-hmm. things that went very poorly, I think that story can touch a lot of different mm-hmm. people. And I think that be a lot of different mm-hmm. audiences that could hopefully gain something positive yeah. from from hearing you know my side of that story i'm sure sure yeah i i can imagine traveling all over the world would definitely change like perspectives on lots of things is there any like like really big thing that you learned either about yourself or even just the way you thought about another culture or something that just was like a big aha moment from traveling yeah i think one of the things that i learned is that i'm super fast pace all the time, Mm. which I think is something that we learn here in the U.S., Mm -hmm. something that I certainly learned growing up in the D.C. area. Mm -hmm. That you personally are super fast-paced? Go, go, go. I mean, I think we can make a somewhat of a broad generalization, Mm -hmm. uh, which I don't like to do, but just in general, yes, I feel like our pace of life Mm. here as Americans is super, super fast. fast. I think we're a little lopsided in our work-life family relationship integration you know i think that i, feel that. I like that you a, say integration because balance is a bunch of bullshit because there, there is go. no balance <laughs> um i think we're a little wobbly there yeah. but, and i think that covid is changing the way that people yeah. think about that a little I bit agree. so like one of the the big things for me after living in europe when i came home i realized how much i was in my car mm. that's very terrible mm-hmm. also realized how quickly and how uncomfortably at least at times i feel like we eat lunch here in the u.s mm. Yeah, that's, I mean, two hours for lunch was super normal when I was yeah. living in France. Yeah. And glass of wine at lunch is also super normal, yeah. by the way, um, which <laughs> I loved. And so, like, 45-minute lunch or a lunch at your desk. I know. Just, you know, or lunch in your car. Forbid, lunch in your car. That is, like, absolute blasphemy. <laughs> There's no chance you'd ever see anybody eating in their car. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, you would, but that is not normal mm-hmm. at all, you know, so— do you come to any like epiphany as to why? Like, what do you what do you think? Where is the value imbalance? Like, and and I think for me, like when I hear it, I think like the reason why I probably work through lunch most days, or I eat in my car, or we drive all over the place. I mean, we put over twenty thousand miles on our car every single year, mm-hmm. is because I'm like hustling the shit out of my business. And yeah. I, and not that yeah. that's a negative thing, but it always and hearing that, it's like, well, it's not like. France isn't successful and Germany right. isn't successful. Right. And, you know, there's people out there that are doing great at whatever they do. So what, where do you think that, like, like what's the value that's missing? It's it's very difficult to put your finger on it, mm-hmm. I think, especially as, as an athlete, too. It's like, I feel like on one side, what makes you a great athlete can make you great off the court. Mm-hmm. But I also think that there are, sometimes I feel like they're very, like they clash a lot, mm-hmm. right? Like, Every day you got to work mm-hmm. and you got to be doing something. You got to mm-hmm. be, you're getting better or mm-hmm. you're getting worse. You got to mm-hmm. work super hard. When you go on vacation, mm-hmm. how long do you go on vacation? 
It depends, depends on the vacation, but I try to go for a week. About a week. Yeah. A week. Yeah. Okay. Eventually. Do you ever look at your email? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Ring my computer on vacation. Okay. So let's just go back to France. Shout out to everybody in France. I absolutely love France. Um, <laughs> two weeks is probably the shortest they would go on vacation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Three weeks is pretty typical. Mm-hmm. And when they're on vacation, you have a 0% chance of catching them on email. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 0% chance. Mm-hmm. So maybe we have a very strange sense of self-importance. It's just like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's like, it's so hard to just like put that away. Mm -hmm. Just be where you are. Mm -hmm. Enjoy yourself. Mm -hmm. Like just totally let it go. Mm -hmm. You know, we have this idea that like there's something that we got to do or Mm -hmm. something that we need to be doing. Or if we just do one little thing, then it's, I don't know. It's just, and that's like that go, go, go pace of life type of thing that I talked about earlier. You know, I, I just feel like we're moving too fast. Right? But now, like, do you when, feel like, but do you feel like the consumers in France move slowly too? Like, and this might be a lie we tell ourselves. I don't know that we move this fast because of the consumers of our product move mm-hmm. that fast. And I'm curious if you like, and I would assume that. If, you know, it's normal to take three weeks of vacation that and maybe it's someone who is in a service based industry and they say I'm going on vacation that that consumer who's from France, lives in France is like, oh, cool. I'm not going to see or talk to you for three weeks because that's normal. And they've like almost trained the society to recognize the value of that where we have not at all. Like you could say you're on vacation. They're like, oh, but you're not going to like a third world country. I can still text you. And I'm like, you can text me if you're on the ledge. Like if you're about to jump, I will try to get you off the ledge. But like, seriously, you know. But I, I don't know. I don't know if that's just what it, if we as a, and that's just a vicious circle. Like, how do you change mm-hmm. the way as a society we? But I wonder if it's more about like being fully present. Like, if you're fully mm-hmm. present on vacation, are they also like fully present in their work environment? Like, so oh. when they're working, oh, like they're, they're like, that's all you're doing. They're working, right? Yeah. yeah. And when you're home, that's all you're doing. Yeah. So maybe it's a great ability to compartmentalize these aspects of your life. Maybe because like. I'm like never, that. I'm never 100% anywhere. No. Yeah. Which is not good, right? Yeah. No. But I, I think that that is probably more about what's going on there. Just presence. I love that you said mm-hmm. that. I think that's a, a mm-hmm. such a beautiful concept mm-hmm. that I think we can all be better at. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the concept. Yeah, right. It's hard in <laughs> <Sounds> execution. <good>. <laughs> but that gets back to like the, the lunches too. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'll never forget one of the first times that I went to somebody's house for, for lunch in France and we were there for three hours. We're going to enjoy mm-hmm. this moment here together. However mm-hmm. long it lasts. And then you can go do whatever else you're doing, you know. And so I think to your point, you know, just presence, being fully present wherever they are, vacation, yeah. work, home, yeah. family. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's more about what it is. So. Yeah. So what are some things that you are hoping to do in your community? You mentioned that, that you want to kind of get involved in the community. Are you talking more like youth sports or just like what is what what is your vision like that you feel like you can give back to the community? So for a long time, just under 10 years, I had a basketball camp here in in the U.S., in the D.C. area and here in North Carolina. And most recently, for the last four years or so, we started to do that camp for free. Mm -hmm. And um, the last one that we did, I think we had just under 100 kids, boys and girls. We brought in the... It's kind of, we call it the community day. Mm -hmm. And so we brought in the police and fire department. Mm -hmm. Uh, We brought in Orange County Sheriff and Highway Patrol and just kind of wanted to, you know, we were working to start to get the hospitals involved. Mm -hmm. Didn't quite get there, but we brought a lot of local businesses together Mm -hmm. as well. Some some folks that offered some food to the campers Mm -hmm. and stuff and just 
what we wanted to do, the idea was let's create an opportunity for these kids who one may or may not be able to afford an $800 sleepaway camp at North Carolina or right. however much it is. And two, just to, to get around other folks in their community, to see other people who, who serve their community and, and get them together with them and just see that there's support for them mm-hmm. in the community. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I love to mix sports with, you know, is this, this idea of community and, mm-hmm. and, and support especially kind of in our local neighborhoods and in our, in our local areas. Unfortunately, I don't feel like I have the time or the resources, even just personally, to mm-hmm. continue to do this at a level that I'd like to. So that still opens up a little bit more mm-hmm. space for me to try to find other ways, you know. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things, like I said, is, is getting involved with you know, UNC Athletics, getting involved with the university as well. Um, I started helping out with Habitat for Humanity mm-hmm. um, a couple months ago and, and – um, a specific campaign that that they have going on right now for um, a mixed income community that they're building mm-hmm. in, in Orange County. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been super exciting and fun and, and a great way to, mm-hmm. I think, to, to try to give back to specifically Orange County, an, an area that gave so much to me when I was here in school. Worked fairly closely with uh, Table, another nonprofit mm-hmm. in the area in, in Carborough, North Carolina, mm-hmm. um, helping to, to, to fight hunger in Orange County and, and Carborough. And across North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So that's been exciting as well. So just, uh, I'm open. You're yeah. just, just throwing a bunch of stuff out there, trying to see what land sticks yeah. to like find that And path. I think that it really doesn't matter what you do, right? Mm-hmm. Just your your how and, and your why, you know? Like mm-hmm. if you were out there, yeah, I mean, leaving things better than, mm-hmm. than when you found them, you know? Mm-hmm. And even if that's just putting a little positive energy on something, mm-hmm. even if that's just opening the door for somebody mm-hmm. or telling them to have a nice day. I mean, yeah. even things that simple can mm-hmm. can really create a ripple effect of, of positivity that, you know, who, who knows what it mm-hmm. turns up. You know, yeah, yeah. Two years down the line, that could be a, a huge thing, right? right? Like that that could really yeah. snowball into something mm-hmm. super big. So just trying to, presence, I, right? Presence, just trying to be I love your present. confidence <clears throat> of putting this all out there. Like yeah. I'm doing all this, all of this, trying all of this. Knowing that some of those things are going to be unsuccessful. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. But I think that mm-hmm. I think that that's great. Great. I mean, that's kind of like how it is. You know? I feel, I, and that's what I hope that most people, I hope most of my kids do. Because yeah. I, I find it so hard and you know, not to, like, when your mom making you choose at 12. I but I, I feel like that you better be successful. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel that way about my kids. And they're saying, they're saying okay, you're turning 18. Do you want to go to college? Okay, yes. What do you want to major in? Or no, you don't want to. Like, what path do you want to take? At 18 feels so overwhelming to make these lifelong decisions. And I love that your brother had the confidence to say, I tried this. I realized this isn't the path I want to go down. And I love that you had the confidence at 12 to say, this is what I want. And it was what you wanted and you were correct in that path. But I hope that whatever the, whatever scenario my kids land in, that they feel like at any point they say, okay, like this, exactly what you said, this has served me for a time. It has got me to where I am. I've developed as a person. I am because of all of this. But then I want to like just throw a wide net and just try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I feel like what's hard for me is I feel like I have a very straight path. Like this is like I own a business and I'm not walking away from that. But I feel like there is definitely that's decided. But the philanthropic side of me, that's what I feel like I want to do. It's just like throw this wide net, figure yeah, out sticks. what we want to support. Because I feel like there's so many things that I feel passionate about and I want to help and and I don't feel like I can or I know what or whatever. 
But I'm always afraid to take that step to say, you know, let me try this. Let me try to either start a nonprofit or start some community day or something and have it fail. You know, like there's almost like this fear of failure with it because because that's something I care a lot about. But I love that it's, I don't think it's about that. It's just about trying something and, and figuring it out. And um, I don't know, finding the stakeholders that will do it with you too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I like how you mentioned it's more about your how and your why than like the success of it. Like how are you going to do it or why you're going to do it? It's more than it's going to be the best thing ever, you know? Yeah. 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 But it's it's not easy to get over that fear though. Yeah. But but you said it, you know, you care about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny because my girlfriend says it to me all the time. If you're afraid, then that means you care. Yeah. So I think that that's a good thing to, to, to recognize and to realize, but you know, you can still push, push through in the face of that. Mm -hmm. And again, back to the boring sports analogies, (laughs) but like, that's it, right? Like you you don't want to lose. You're afraid of losing or you're afraid of missing a shot, but there's no chance you make the shot if you don't shoot it. That's right. So, you know, you kind of just got to get going and, and, and trying to try a lot of different things is mm-hmm. no different than, than sports as well. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to try this strategy that didn't work. We're going to try this, mm-hmm. this doesn't, you know, but you just got to figure out what works and, yeah. um, you know, just kind of keep pushing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I feel like it's like such great advice for life. Totally. In general, yeah. especially in the business world, entrepreneurs, like, cause there's lots of failures. Well, yeah. And there's lots like behind the scenes failures, yeah. even those people who seem to like have all their shit together and it seems like it's going no, well. No. Never do. <laughs> no, you don't. You really don't. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is. I know. I was just trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. We would love to end on knowing uh, two questions. One, what has been the most life-changing moment in your career? And then two is where do you think you'll be in the next five years? Like what's your dream? What's your goal? Honestly, I think that that conversation that I had with my Mm -hmm. agent back in July of 2010, Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, right. I, I guess I did somewhere in my heart. I knew what I was doing, but I just told him, I said, sure, n- mm-hmm. negotiate as much money as you can and mm-hmm. I'm ready to go to Germany. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that leap of faith and, mm-hmm. and that step into the unknown and that kind of dive into life really, yeah, that that started me down a yeah. path that, that that created a lot of good and bad, but, but a lot of things that I'm mm-hmm. very, very grateful for have experience and growth and all the things yeah. that, that made me who I am today really mm-hmm. kind of started from that moment. My dream for five years from now is to be in a, a place with my new career mm-hmm. where I feel more confident about the growth that I made. I know mm-hmm. that in five years, I'm not going to be at the peak of my career, but mm-hmm. I will have had a great deal to look back on and say, okay, I've got to the checkpoints mm-hmm. that I wanted to. I'm hitting my stride. I'm, you know, picking up speed. So at that point, that'd be great in, in five years. I also would like to be helping maybe two times as many people as mm-hmm. I feel like I'm helping now, if, <laughs> if that's a thing, you know, but just with the organizations that I'm involved mm-hmm. with, some of the boards that I'm now getting involved with, like, am I making, can I be making an impact mm-hmm on more people, mm-hmm. right? So I, I would hope that in five years from now, I'm, I'm having more of a positive impact on even more people. And maybe that's five people instead of two people, but right. mm-hmm. whatever it is, right? Yeah. I hate to say this all the time like this, but I just want to be better. Not mm-hmm. that 
where I am is not okay. Right. But just want to, you know, again, as an athlete, always just yeah. thinking about, can I do something better? Can I treat myself better? Can mm-hmm. I treat other people better? Mm-hmm. Um, can I work harder? Mm-hmm. Can I rest mm-hmm. more intentionally? I mean, all, I mean, that's part of better too. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, just, just trying to yeah. be more efficient and, and just be better. Well, I, I love that because I think that's a growth mindset. And I think that people who have that growth mindset and I don't know, I, I think you're going to be a lot farther along in five years than you think you will be. Is that? Oh, yeah. Thank you. That, <laughs> no, I do. I just, I think that. You may or may not be in your house based on the building <laughs> climate right now. But, Seriously. Yeah. But yes, yeah. I, I love that. So, but thank you so much for spending your day with us. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank us. you for it's having me. It's yeah. been great. Yeah. Really it's wonderful it. to meet you. Thank yeah. you. Thanks, everyone, for gathering with us today to talk about The Hustle. For our episode with Marcus, we are drinking an old-fashioned. We hope we get the chance to make it this week, and cheers to diving into life. To learn more and connect with Marcus, you can visit him on Instagram at mgginyard with a one as an I, or visit his website, marcusginyard.com. To learn more about our hustles, visit us on the gram at events at the Bradford NC, at anthem.house, and at hustle and gather. If you're interested in learning more about our speaking, training, or venue consulting, head to our website at hustleandgather.com. And if you love us and you love this show, we'd be more than honored if you left a rating and a review. This podcast is a production of Your Fluence. I'm Courtney. And I'm Dana. And we'll talk with you next time on Hustle and Gather.